Welcome to the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C., joined again by my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. We are back at it again, a second podcast. Uh, this week, we did our preview of WWE Night of Champions uh, or last past weekend, and this show dedicated to AEW as we preview AEW Double or Nothing taking place uh, this Sunday once again in Las Vegas, a nine-match card for them. And we're going to do a lot of focusing, like I said, it's all AEW shows, so we're going to get everything out, our thoughts on this pay-per-view card, and just like the state of AEW in general, they finally announced that the first AEW Collision show is going to be taking place uh, on June 17th at uh, the for, at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, making it so pretty much seems like, at least for the moment, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, it could have changed, but it seems like everything is back on with CM Punk, that any kind of issues they had were resolved, it looks like, and it seems that CM Punk will be the face of, I guess, Collision going forward in this potential soft roster split, which, uh, I don't know, if you're going to put all these out all your quote-unquote outcast on one show like Miro and Andrade and Thunder Rosa and CM Punk. It's just like a bad, I don't know. I'll throw it to you, uh, Chairman, first here. Just what are your thoughts on the CM Punk stuff with Tony Khan and the Elite and everything going on there? Yeah, I felt like the announcement last night where uh, Tony Khan was announcing Collision, like he like delayed like announcing the venue for like how long he tried to fill it in with like every little piece of information he could so i was like okay well are you gonna announce chicago united center or are you gonna announce daily's place or somewhere else like this whole thing's been back and forth between pepsi phil and you know tony khan and then i saw they rehired a steel which i'm sure was a critical part of the process to get pepsi phil back on board but yeah i mean Obviously, you're on a Saturday night. They're in a tough spot, I feel like, just because there's so much going on Saturday night. It's like the show's going to have to be live. You're going to have to have a lot of big names on that show, including Pepsi Phil. You're just going to have to have lots of, you know, matches that matter. I mean, you're going to have to get some interest in this because Rampage failed. I'm sorry. Um, I know it's taped. I know the time slot sucks, too. You think after SmackDown, they would have picked up some people, but clearly that didn't work. You know, they put a lot of B matches on there. And it's just, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if they do a quote-unquote roster split. You know, I think Tony Khan was asked out of the media thing today, and he kind of dodged that. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if guys are going to work both shows, which, or there's going to only work one show or the other. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of all this. I guess time will tell. I see they're doing like a big Canada thing coming up this summer too. So get some more exposure to them fans. And I think they got the Owen Hart tournament again this year. So I don't know what to think of it right now. I'm very skeptical, of course, of Saturday night. I mean, during the summer, just it's going to be tough. So they're going to have to really sell it to get a lot of ratings. If that's what the, the thing that we still talk about is ratings, I guess. Yeah, Tony Khan desperately needs somebody to help him manage this stuff. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, people, it's funny. You see, like, the AEW diehards out there saying, oh, we, CM Punk doesn't need to come back. He's brittle. He's old. And it's like, well, the funny thing is he's your biggest ratings draw. And your owner of your company is bending over backwards to accommodate him to get him brought back. Now, if that's pressure coming from W, uh, from Warner and people at, like, TNT and TBS, who knows? But... Obviously, they want him back, and I don't understand why you just can't be adults and work together on TV with between Punk and the Elite to do this bangle. And I brought up the example of, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart working together on TV. Now, yes, Shawn Michaels in 97 backstage was out of control, drug addict, you know, childish behavior, but they worked together on TV. And the fact that whoever it is won't even get into a room here to do it is just mind-boggling to me. And it's you know, just other things going on with Tony Khan. I saw Thunder Rosa's interview where she was talking about going through mental health problems with her injury and the stuff she was getting accused of. And, you know, that just gets brushed under the rug because uh, Dr. Britt Baker is a favorite of Tony Khan. So we can't say anything bad about her. But it's just Tony Khan is going to like with between, like I said, between uh, Collision, between Dynamite, between Ring of Honor between uh, Fulham, between Jacksonville. He's got to delegate something to for these people to help run a show, whether it's somebody in charge of talent, somebody in charge of booking Ring of Honor. Like, he can't do all of it on his own. 
Um, I know, Cam, you had some pretty uh, solid tweets that I retweeted on our hot, hot, the hot underscore tag uh, Twitter account this past week. Just what are your thoughts on everything going on right here with AEW? I'll start with the Saturday show. I mean, if it is a soft roster split and we get a few shows into this and the casual or hardcore AEW fans know that, okay, you're not going to get Kenny or the Bucks or anybody like that on Saturdays, that's going to turn people off. And yeah, CM Punk is a draw, but you need that roster overspill. You kind of need that. How the WWE does that sometimes where we know typically on raw, we're not going to see Roman or we're not going to see some guys, but sometimes they go over and sometimes they have, you know, the crossover stuff. They're going to need that crossover because let's be completely honest here. They have some talent, but if you're not having Danielson or Mox or any of these guys show up on Saturdays, what does that say about the Saturday show? Like how much faith or stock do you really have in this show? Um, the attendance will start going down eventually at some point. If you're, if it's Samoa Joe versus CM Punk every single freaking week or something to the, along those lines, people are going to stop caring really quickly. You're going to need that crossover. You're going to need some of these guys to show up on Raw or on, on Dynamite. Yeah, and just a quick point on the attendance. I saw some of the early ticket sales for some of these collision shows, and a couple of them are still under 1,000. So. 1,000 tickets sold? Yeah. Okay, I, I saw some about the first one being pretty close to. Yeah, yeah, the first one's out. pretty good, but yeah, the Canada tour they're doing in the summer, uh, a couple of them are pretty low. Yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it too, you have the Collision show, you have Forbidden Door coming up, you have the Canadian tour, you have fucking All In going in in London. They're kind of jam packing four or five bigger shows in like a two month span. And I mean, where there's a will, there's a way you can, you know, get some, some fans there, you know, London obviously is a one-off. So people aren't going to, you know, there's probably some people coming from America going overseas to go to that show. I'm sure of it, but you know, you're, 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 you're not, you're American and Canadian fan base where you have the Toronto show, you have the Chicago show, you have forbidden door, you have all these things going on. And that's kind of all in the Midwest area into Canada a little bit. So you got the Midwest and East Coast are getting hit with three or four big time shows in like a two month span. That's a little bit too much, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you're gonna need some crossover. You're gonna need some. You're gonna need some good booking. And I totally 1,000 percent agree. You know, when I talked about this, Tony Khan has been over his head for a while. And this is not my Twitter rant. wasn't a rant against AEW. It was against where we were a year ago. Where this this podcast alone was basically 90% AEW. And sometimes we talk about WWE because WWE product was really bad. And so we want them to succeed. And I don't know if Tony Khan doesn't trust anyone enough to delegate this stuff to you, or if he thinks he can do it all. I mean, the guy, I don't know how old he is. He's probably in his mid thirties, my age, maybe a little bit younger, a little bit older. I don't really know, but he's not old. You know, he's in his, he's in his thirties, maybe early forties. I have no idea. I'd have to look it up. Um, but he's going to get burnt out really quickly. I mean, he is 40 years so old, lucky. By the way. Sorry. He's 40. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he is very lucky that full and full of the, the EPL season is over because he can kind of stop on that until, you know, mid August. So he has a two month break where he doesn't have to go to freaking England uh, every Saturday. I mean, I don't know if he's making those trips every single week to go overseas, but now, you know, with the shattered Saturday show, um, and with EPL coming back in August, like he's going to have to delegate something or he can't just go hang out with Fulham all the time because he's got a, a wrestling company to run. I have no idea. Um, I mean, CM Punk coming back, you know, people can shit on him. They can hate on him all at once, but he's a draw. He's 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 their biggest draw. I don't care. I'll argue that with anybody. Uh, you, Jericho, Moxley, Cole, the Bucks, Kenny. CM Punk moves the needle. He's getting you your million people view shows. He had people going crazy. He had people who may weren't even really watching AEW get interested in AEW when he came back. And when before all this stuff happened at All In, I mean, he had some great verbal exchanges with Moxley. Him and MJF stuff was good. So, you know, if people that sit there and talk like he's brittle and he's doesn't need to come back, they're just, you know, they're, they're smoking the wrong pipe at that point because they literally don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's like the WWE fans saying, oh, well, Cena coming back every once in a while isn't a good thing. Like, what are you talking about, man? Cena moves the needle. Punk moves the needle. Um, and, yeah, we've talked about it plenty of times. I mean, I Tony Khan... I mean, if you had if if Trevor Lawrence wasn't getting along with a fucking offensive lineman or he wasn't getting along with a wide receiver, you sit those guys down. You say, hey, let's hash this out. Let's figure this out because we're trying to win. Right. We're trying the the point of all this is to win and necessarily you're not winning anything in wrestling, so to speak. But you want your talent to be able to get along. Right. At some point, 
you know, we talked about when Kenny or when CM Punk came back. At some point, him and the Kenny Omega match, you know, would be must-see television. At this point, him in a ring with a live mic take, talking crap to the elite with newly brought back Hangman Adam Page, that is a money maker. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't – feelings aside, I don't really care. You get those guys in the ring. If they advertise next Wednesday, CM Punk live in the ring with a mic – and he's going to talk to Hangman Adam Page. It probably their probably would be their biggest rated show ever, and that's like not even sugarcoating. That would definitely happen. I don't understand this. At some punk, punk needs at some point, punk needs to be on dynamite, and vice versa. These guys need to come over to col- to Collision and wrestle on Saturdays. And then I talked about last week: Are these guys that are on Collision and and ladies that are going to be on Collision? Are they not going to be on the pay per views? Are they going to have their own pay per views? Are they going to be relegated to Ring of Honor shows? I have no idea. Um, I mean, it seems like the third show was kind of always in the works with or without Punk. But yeah, Warner Brothers was like, "Hey, you you need to bring back your biggest draw, make that happen." Um, it seems like we are kind of getting that now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand it at all. I will not ever understand it. And to go into the Thunder Rosa stuff, I mean, people have talked crap about the WWE for, for, you know, rightfully so too. I'll say that rightfully so. Vince has done some, some shady shit, JBL, you know, Triple H. There's been a lot of guys in the WWE that have bullied other wrestlers and talents and, and maybe agents and writers. And, you know, these guys have been bullied. CM Punk bullied writers in, in the WWE, um, Sometimes you need to put your foot down here. And then bringing back Sabu, who calls Taz the N-word on Twitter, and then posted a picture on Instagram of him, like, snorting cocaine, basically. But, like, it's okay for him to be on live television, right? Um, when they're like, oh, him and Jericho have had plenty plenty of history. And I'm, like, trying to rack my brain. Like, did Jericho ever wrestle Sabu? Maybe at some point. Maybe. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, it just seems very weird. And it's very it's very on brand for AEW when they try to do this whole in, all inclusion thing, but yet they can't get their talent together to make the ball run. You know, like it makes no sense to me. Punk versus everyone in that company, including Jericho, is a money maker because right now, as we head into um, double or nothing this Sunday, after the MJF after MJF wins. What's really next for all of these guys? And CM Punk could be inserted into any of these feuds, and it would be a moneymaker. And to me, it, it just I try to rack my brain, and I'm like, Tony Khan, man, like you have to put your foot down at some point. You're the boss. It reminds me of that meme I saw where it says, you're the parent. You don't have to watch Paw Patrol if you don't want to. It's kind of like that. Like, you're the boss, man. These guys are – you're paying these people. If you can't – if you don't have the balls to say, hey, Punk's coming back. We're all going to sit down in a, in a room together. We're going to hash this shit out. And if you leave the room still hating the guy, so be it. But at the end of the day, he is one of our bigger draws. We're going to work together at some point. It's going to be Kenny versus Punk. All these things need to happen. But Tony Khan is kind of just kind of being a bitch about it, to be honest. Like, he's trying to make everyone happy. Um, and at the end of the day, like, it's going to be to the detriment of AEW. And if things keep going this way, they're going to bleed this money dry. I mean, I mean, Shad Khan is, you know, has gained more money. As I read a report about him, you know, he made some more money doing some other stuff. And, you know, Tony Khan's just going to keep bleeding his dad's money dry. Um, they took, what, two years to make this damn video game. Um, that's probably going to be a flop. I mean, I don't know. AEW just continues to not be in a great place for me. Personally, I don't think they're in a great place. They have some stuff that we'll talk about here during the rest of the show that has been good booking wise, wrestling wise, they have great talent, but overall it just seems like a really, really not very well ran company right now. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously nowhere near WCW backstage, you know, 99, 2000, but you know, they like to say, you know, everything's together, but you know, they do this stuff. We said Thunder Rosa. There's certain people that are, once you're labeled an outcast by like the AEW originals or like Tony's favorites that you become kind of like a, like a like an outcast, like a punk, like a Thunder Rosa. I mean, like an Andrade. So yeah, Tony Khan. I think I think you even said it on Twitter, Cam. Tony Khan's kind of like a like a 
like a wrestling mark, almost like us. You got put in charge to run a wrestling company, but instead of being the boss, they want to be your friend, kind of like a Michael Scott in the office where Michael Scott wants to be everybody's friend, but also has to be the boss and you can't do it. But like, that's what Tony Khan is kind of doing right now. It's like, you got to learn how to be a boss and you got to learn how to go out there and, you know, lay your foot down and say, Hey, you know, maybe not publicly criticize somebody every single interview. Hey, you know, like I said, let's get everybody in the room together and hash this shit out. Um, until I see it from him though, I just don't know what exactly is going to happen. So, okay, let's get into the actual show. We've got nine matches overall to talk about here. Um, let's start let's get this out of the way the hardy party god the hardy party versus the firm and if the hardy god that just sounds so fucking stupid uh the hardy party if they win matt hardy um gets ethan page's contract from and gets to be i guess you know have control over ethan page because page once had um hardy as his lackey <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, you get the Hardys on the show, I guess. But I like I'm just so over the Hardy boys at this point. Like, I don't need to see them like it's good that Jeff has got his head on right now. But like, I just don't really need to see the Hardys part of anything anymore at this point. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and say I'm just going to say Matt and Jeff Hardy and then win. Uh, I'm not going to call them the name of that team anymore because it just sounds so dumb. Uh, so I will go ahead and say uh, Matt and Jeff and company win this match. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, I remember when the Guns were tag team champions and they were heavily shoved down our throats, you know, for a while. And then all of a sudden, poof, they're nowhere to be seen or heard. Kind of crazy. Or remember when Hook was the hottest rookie in the business and then they just fumbled him left and right and poof, like, Speaking of Tony Khan and his controversial, questionable booking, I mean, these are more fine examples right here. Hook was the hottest act probably for a while, and I still can't believe they fumbled that. But, you know, he can hang out the Hardy Boys, and, you know, maybe he has some Hardy Boys and Lita posters on his walls back in the day. But I, I would assume they're going to win. I mean, Jeff's back. Hook doesn't lose. And, of course, you know, if Matt Hardy gets to have Ethan Page's contract, you know, maybe they'll rename him Ethan Hardy – and then they can run that and has like a B storyline or a B show that we'll all forget about anyway. All right. Who are you going with cam? <laughs> just Some of these feuds and some of these stuff. I mean, the things AEW does, the contract stuff, the, the stadium stampede matches, they're, they're goofy staples. Like it's just funny. And like, you know, there's the rumor that WWE is going to be doing some uh, releases coming up here soon. And, of course, everyone's like, the WWE's evil for cutting fucking talent. AEW can cut, like, 20% of their roster, and no one would care or miss any of these guys. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Ethan Page fan, but when he, him and Scorpio Sky, when they first put them together, they had something there, and they did nothing with it. They, they dropped the ball so heavy. And it's kind of like you, you're paying these guys, I mean, to put it into like a business aspect, um, you pay these guys not a, as much money as Punk and Brian and Moxley and all these guys. I'm sure that make millions and millions of dollars that need to deliver. But then you have these guys that come in who are making a third of that, a fourth of that, a fifth of that. And they they kind of deliver for you other than the shit with Dan Lambert. Where, which, like, what the hell happened? To, I'm not, I don't miss Dan Lambert at all. But like he just kind of just left AEW and nothing ever like was spoken about it. Uh, you could some of the booking with AEW. I mean, I'm going with the Hardys in this match, but yeah, Hook hasn't done shit. Um, he was Mr. Rampage for what three months. He was kind of like the must see attraction on Rampage. Completely dropped the ball on this guy. I mean, there's so much talent in AEW that they could literally cut all of these guys, and no one would miss them. You'd save some money. Maybe you'd get a fucking video game released on time. Who knows? I don't care about this match at all. Like, less than 0% does anyone. And if anyone tries to tell you that they care about this feud at all, they're just lying through their teeth. But, yeah, I'll take the Hardys here. And the best thing that could happen at this point is Jeff Hardy shows up drunk, right? (laughs) 
Oh, man, that would make my uh, fellow co-host of the Watching Wrestling Podcast, Heather, happy because she absolutely despises uh, Jeff Hardy and does not like him. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right, like you said. Like, the Hardy's, like, if you want to have him on TV, like, around there, like, on Dynamite or Rampage, whatever you want to fine. Like, that's okay, but, like, they should not be featured in any kind of pay-per-view match in 2022. Uh, speaking of not being featured on any pay-per-view match in 2022, let's just go right to the AEW World Tag Title match with FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, yeah, I don't know. Remember when, like, AEW's tag team division was, like, the best division, like, in any kind of, like, singles, women's tag team in any pro wrestling organization? And now we've got... Guns as champions at one point. We've got FTR getting the titles back. We've got Jeff Jarrett being, again, on TV forever. Who the hell knows? But he's getting a tag title shot in the year of our Lord and Savior in 2023. So uh, that may be worse than the Hardys. Uh, I'll go over to you, Chairman, first on this. So on your thoughts and who you going with? Jeff Jarrett is a cockroach. He won't go away. And it's just like now you're bringing Karen Jarrett into this and Oh my goodness! Oh, next thing you know, they're gonna try to book Kurt Angle versus Jeff Jarrett and uh, Karen Jarrett on a pole match or something. Like we're we're going down that dark rabbit hole. I'm scared. Um, I'm really getting sick of this Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satsum Singh thing. Like these guys are taking way too much fucking TV time. When you got like you guys said, a plethora of talent who should be on there way more than these guys. Like, I don't want to see these guys. Send them the Ring of Honor, or I don't have to see them, because I don't watch Ring of Honor. So, FTR's going to win, because that's the right thing to do, because if Jeff Jarrett has a title in a major promotion in 2023, all is lost. Yeah, I mean, hell, you know what? Jay Lethal falls into the same category. It's like, Jay Lethal, you want to have him be a Ring of Honor guy, a Rampage guy, etc. That's fine. But, yeah, again, him getting a tag title shot in 2023, it's just, yeah, not cool. Uh, Cam, who are you going with? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, at this, but at the same time, at least Jeff Jarrett's been semi-entertaining. And, like, you can talk about everyone that's been brought in the last four, five, six months to a year. I mean, at least he's doing something, you know? Like, he... He's 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 kind of there, and it's it's kind of funny. Um, I mean, FTR like, were they going to leave? Were they going to go back to WWE? They re-signed with AEW, and ever since then they've what been on TV twice to cut fucking promos. Again, like Tony Khan just throws a bunch of money at him and says, you know, you won't have to go back to WWE. I'll give you the same money they'll give you, but you know, I might book you. I probably won't because I'll fucking forget because I'm too addicted to drugs and my have 19,000 things to run at the same time. Um, FTR deserves better than this. I mean, I don't know, to be honest. I'm going to pick FTR, but I would not, <laughs> I wouldn't put past to see Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett win these titles. Um, the AEW tag team division has been shit for basically since the, after the first year, it's been shit. You, they have plenty of tag teams. They don't really do nothing with it. Private party doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Um, FTR should be on TV every week and not just cutting fucking promos and not working these shitty house shows in some random city in Mississippi. Um, they need to be featured and they're not. And I don't know. Tony Collins must be a really, really good talker to keep these guys around. Um, the match probably won't be good. I don't know. I, do, I don't, I just don't see, I just don't see it anymore. I don't see outside of, I mean, we'll get into the other matches, but outside of a lot of stuff, I don't see it. The promos, like I said, FTR has been back for, what, a month and a half. They've been on TV twice, I think, maybe three times. They've just cut promos. No, like, tag team. I don't know. There's no continuity at all on these shows. Um, FTR wins, but with an asterisk where I would not be surprised if Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal win this match. Yeah, I forgot to point out, too, that Mark Briscoe is also the special guest referee in this match. Um, I don't think that really changes my opinion on who's going to win here. I still think FTR comes out on top. Um, you know, you can maybe have Mark Briscoe possibly find a new tag partner to go after FDR. Who knows? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, FTR, you know, they ever since the talk that, you know, Vince is back and Vince could be running creative and that kind of pretty much just died down. I mean, who knows who exactly is running what over there nowadays, but, um, yeah, I mean, who knows if you're FTR, maybe you're like, oh crap, maybe we second guessed ourselves here and didn't resign. But I mean, yeah, but still for the most part, I think it's been a better book show than AEW anyway. So maybe FTRs are regretting it, who the hell knows, but I think they end up retaining the tag titles here. Let's go to the TBS title match where we have uh, Jade Cargill defending against Taya Valkyrie. Uh, these two had a match, I want to say a month or two ago, and it had a really crappy finish, and it wasn't that good. I mean, I've never been that high on Taya Valkyrie as it is, and Jade Cargill, I heard it kind of, I saw somebody else say it today, at least, like, Jay Cargill is a person kind of like you have people that are wrestlers because they love wrestling and that's what they want to do. And then you have people like Jay Cargill who have the look and body for wrestling and do it because it's a good paying job. I don't think she's still fully invested in it. And I don't know even what AEW is doing with her. So, uh, Cam, I think it's your turn to start here. Who are you going with? I mean, that's we've talked about this for what a year. At some point, Jade Cargill needs to be on Dynamite more, which she kind of has been a tiny bit. She needs to be in the in the give her the chance. Like they keep kind of pussyfooting around with putting her. Are they, is Tony Khan afraid to put her and have her beat Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and these other women that they have on Dynamite? Is he too afraid of that? Does he not want to like quote unquote expose her? Does he just want her on Rampage and on fucking YouTube um, wrestling nobodies all the time? I don't get it. At some point, he needs to have the balls and say, okay, you know, you're going to face, you're going to, you're moving to Dynamite. You're moving against Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm and everyone else in the women's division and see what she can really do because she is, she has something there. Like her, her gimmick is, is cool. She's a good, she's a good heel. Um, she got some pop culture heat going after Bow Wow. Like there's something to her story and her character and her aura, but yet Tony Khan's too afraid. I just don't think that he has the balls, honestly, um, to do it. But you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of into this and say he's finally going to have the balls because I feel like he has no choice. You need a big time women's match coming up for all these million shows you got coming up, right? Obviously, I mean, if they did Jade versus Mercedes, I mean, I don't think that's in question anymore because Mercedes, I guess, broke her ankle at the New Japan AEW Ring of Honor Super Duper House Show they had in Long Beach a couple and two weeks ago. Um, so that possibility is out the water. That was something I would have gone to. I would have gone to Jade versus Mercedes at the Forbidden, Forbidden Door Show. Clearly, that's going to happen now with Mercedes breaking her ankle. Um, Tony, you need to have some balls, man. Take the take the the B title off of her, let Tyra wrestle on YouTube, and put Jade on Wednesday nights and have her beat up Tony Storm and Soraya and everyone else and have her beat Britt Baker. Britt Baker is not that fucking good. She Britt Baker hasn't been good in years. I don't know. Tony Khan, I think, just you know really thinks he's gonna fuck her one day or something. I don't know. Maybe he's just waiting for Adam Cole to get concussed again. Who knows? Um, but have some balls. She's one of the few people you've developed over these last few years that have mic skills that has improved. Have some balls and let her go for the women's title and stop pussyfooting around this low-level B this B title on Rampage that honestly no one watches. And have some balls. And if it means her taking a loss, so be it. Because everyone loses to move up the card. Have her lose the title this week. It'll be a shock factor. People will talk about it. Jade can show up on Dynamite and be pissed off and then go after the top women of the, of the, of the promotion. I mean, not only that, too, I mean, she would fit perfectly into this, you know, outcast AEW original storyline where she could just slide right in and be like another part of the AEW originals team. I mean, especially if the injury to Jamie Hayter, which is might be rumored is true. Uh, you can just throw her in right there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, how many months have we been saying it? It's like at some point you got to move her up the card and shit or get off the pot. And it's like, 
what are we doing here? Are you waiting for Chris Statlander to come back and have a have her be the one to take Jade out? But Chris Statlander is somebody who she could come back and then she could get injured again right away. It's just, unfortunately, it's not a knock against her. I mean, it's just, you know, she has an injury history. So I don't think it's something you want to wait this long on. Uh, I'm not as ballsy as Cam. I am going to pick Jade to retain the title here. But like you said, it's easily, again, something where you can just have her go out there and show up with the TBS title and then be in the AEW originals group and just have her get involved in the main women's storyline rather than being an afterthought on Rampage. And, you know, it is funny. I kind of joke and think about what somebody else the other day about the same thing with Tony Khan and Britt Baker. Every time I think I remember seeing that she was in England a couple of times, I think for when the Jags play there. And then she went and saw a couple of Fulham games. So I'm just like, is Tony just inviting her out everywhere at this point? Just hoping one night she'll get really, really drunk and he'll get really, really lucky. Uh, who knows? But, uh, otherwise for this match, I am taking Jay to win here. Um, Chairman, who are you going with? Yeah, I don't see them ending Jade's reign here, especially at Taya Valkyrie. She is what she is. She beat Lady Frost the other night in like a three-minute squash to make people remember who Taya Valkyrie is, I guess. But Jade's a star, but there's definitely potential here. But it's like y'all said, it's like it's been two years now since, you know, she did that thing with Cody and Shaq and Red Velvet. Like, we're two years past that now. Like, the wins keep coming, but, you know, she's beaten the most random-ass people ever. You know, once in a while, she'll get a kind of a middle-tier opponent, you know. But, you know, it's time for her to go against the Britt Bakers and the Outcasts, you know, wherever her alignment lies, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's time. It's been two years. Like, how much longer are we going to hold off on her? going after the top prize in the game, you know, how much longer are we going to delay this? I mean, or are we actually going to, you know, split, you know, the roster and then she'll be on TBS and then she'll be the whatever. I don't know. They probably don't want to have her unify the titles because then everyone will say they're copying WWE and Roman Reigns or the tag. So they don't want to do that either. So, I mean, Jay Cargill is someone they just need to pull the fucking trigger and put her in programs with the top people because she can cut the promos with the best of them. So let's, let's just freaking do it and stop feeding her the Ty of Valkyries or the latest free agent signing that we're all going to forget about and be put on YouTube in two weeks anyway. All right, let's go over to the Battle Royal for Orange Cassidy's AEW International Championship. It is... Uh, here we got, we got Butcher, Blade, Dustin Rhodes, Keith Lee, Bandito... Drillistico, I think it's how you say his name, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Saban, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Ricky Starks, Phoenix, uh, Penta, Big Bill, Lee, Mor- Lee Moriarty, Tony Nese, Ari Davari, Brian Cage, and Swerve Slick Strickland. Um, I thought that our favorite uh, bowling alley manager, QT Marshall, was in this too, along with Hobbs and Solo, but uh, the what I'm reading here, they aren't listed. Um, I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, we were just talking about why are people like the Hardys and Jeff Jarrett on the show when, I mean, I just, who did I just list out there? I mean, look at, you got Jay White in this battle royal. You've got Ricky Starks, who was having, again, a guy who was having a good few, or I don't want to say a good few, bad, a few with Jericho and nothing happened with him afterwards. Um, Swerve. Keith Lee, Phoenix, Penta, Bandito. Like, why are these guys in this battle royal yet, um, you know, like I said, Jeff Jarrett and the Hardys have actual matches here. Um, and again, I'll even say, why are you putting Orange Cassidy in this battle royal? I mean, Orange Cassidy's gimmick still kind of isn't my thing, but you can't deny he's actually been having really good matches on Dynamite, like, forever. And he's pretty much been the... Um, highlight of some of the dynamites here with some of these matches he's having so i have no idea why you're putting him in this battle royal um i guess maybe it's a way you could possibly try to get the title off him but then i don't know who you're gonna put this title on uh i don't know but i'm gonna pick i'm still gonna pick even though i think that may be a possibility i'm gonna pick orange cassidy to come out of this winning the title or keeping the title i should say i could maybe see an outside chance that maybe Chuck Taylor or Trent Beretta are like one of the last two and they end up you know, going out there and having him eliminate Orange Cassidy and one of them gets the titles because they have a rift in the best friends. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy being the one to retain here and walk out with his title still. Um, over to you, Chairman. Who are you going with? Well, we got a handful of people that 
definitely are not going to win. And then you got a couple people that, okay, I could see this happening. I mean, Ricky Starks, obviously, like you said, it was in a big program of Jericho. And, you know, maybe there's a potentially finally reward him with the title or, you know, maybe somebody like, you know, Lucha Bros. I mean, they're great wrestlers. They're ring about our tag team champions. But, you know, I mean, who's to say they couldn't win? Or, you know, they resigned Brian Cage. So maybe that's going to happen. But I don't know. Keith Lee, I forgot he's even in AEW. <laughs> maybe we'll have a surprise entrant, you know. Isn't this a 21 card thing, you know? So isn't there like a mystery guy coming in, you know? Is that how those battle royals work for those guys? So some big debut. But I don't know. You bring Jay I don't White think there in. is one for this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That kind of ruins the fun. They all, they all have all the sets of cards, and then the big 21 usually wins anyway. But I don't know. You bring in Jay White. I feel like there's no there's no shame to put a title on this guy right away because Jay White is phenomenal. He's a former world champion for New Japan, and you know he's got that thing with you know Ricky Starks kind of. So maybe they screw each other over. But I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Jay White carry the title, put on some banger matches. Juice Robinson can help him. Maybe another Bullet Club member will come along. Who knows? But Orange is fine. But I, I kind of want to see that title change. So let's do the Jay White move. All right, and who are you going with, Cam? Uh, I mean, it has to be Jay White, right? I mean, I no disrespect to Orange Cassidy, but his gimmick has run its course. He's overexposed now. The fucking fingers, hands in the pockets, and the in the soft kicks, and the diving with his hands in his pockets, it's run its course. I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, about him. He's he's kind of just ran his course at this point. There needs to be some sort of change to the gimmick because it's to me, it's 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 kind of dumb. It's it's a nostalgic act, but at the same time, like you have him representing as a champion, even though it's like the ninth title in AEW, um, it is time for a change. I mean, Jay White, you know, who knows if he was ever going to sign with the WWE, but I, I assume if he went with the WWE, he'd be in a much better position booked wise than fucking hanging out with, you know, doing not much. I mean, him and Ricky Starks might just beat the Is Ricky Starks in this match? Yeah, he I is. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I could see a thing where him and Ricky Starks kind of just beat the shit out of each other and don't get involved in the, in the finish at all. But if Orange Cassidy retains the title, I mean, what's next? I mean, put the title on somebody else. Like I said, Orange Cassidy's gimmick has run its course. It was cool five years ago when he would show up at indie shows and, you know, kind of do his thing and then go away. You know, him being on TV every week or every other week, it's, it's kind of lost its luster, in my opinion, the last two years. Um, it's time for a change. Um, I mean, you look at you look at who's on this show, and you're like, you forget that these guys are on the roster. I mean, Swerve does more with rapping than he does for AEW. Keith Lee was dead on arrival, signing with AEW. Um, you got Ray, you got Phoenix and Penta, who should be like in a tag team match for the Ring of Honor titles against best friends, maybe instead of them all four of them being in this match. Makes no sense to me, but what do I know? Um, Crap. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna go. Ricky Starks wins this, and Jay White, you know, chases him for the belt instead. All right, let's go to the TNT Championship match where we have Wardlow against Christian in a ladder match. I mean, at this point, the international title I think is more highly regarded in AEW than the TNT title. That thing was getting passed around and passed around and it was supposed to be a main event title. And it kind of was treated like that when you had Brody and Cody and even at a point, I think it was Sammy Guevara's reign. It was fine. And then it just kind of went to shit in a short time span and it was being passed around back and forth and playing hot potato with it. And now here we are with this ladder match with dark Christian with Luchasaurus as his backup against Wardlow. Uh, I will go to you chairman first on this one. Who are you going with? This whole Wardlow Arn Anderson thing is just weird. <laughs> um, you know, Wardlow's a guy that I feel like they just don't know what to do with him. So here you go. Be the TNT champion again. Um, okay. It's like, I don't know. The dude's pretty much lost his appeal to me. Like, ever since, like, the whole MJF feud from last year, like, where he was super over, and then they just completely flatlined on him last summer, and he hasn't recovered, I don't think. You can pair him with Arn Anderson. You can pair him with whoever you want. It's it's done. And I, it's just weird that he's facing Christian Cage here. Like, I, it's just weird. Like, Christian Cage 
you know, has history in ladder matches, even though he's like old as shit now, and he's got the dark Luchasaurus on his side. And if something tells me Christian's going to snake his way to a victory and win the title, probably as a you know transitional champion, mind you, because that's what the TNT title is anymore. But something tells me that Wardlow is going for something bigger later in the summer, and this may somewhat spoil the other match later, but who's to say they don't run Wardlow and MJF back at some point for the other title? All right, Cam, who are you going with? I mean, yeah, like, they dropped the ball so bad. It was like they tried to repeat the Braun Strowman thing in the WWE. Like, let's build this let's build this big guy up really, really, really well and then just completely fucking fumble the bag. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Cage here because, like I said, Ward, nothing against Wardlow, but he, he's he's lost all his lunder, thunder in, in AEW. He doesn't he, – he's lost it all, man. Like, the Arn Anderson thing is kind of stupid. Um there is like no real tie between Arn Anderson and Christian Cage at all or anything like that. So it's kind of funny. Um, I think Luchasaurus helps Christian win the match. And then who knows after that? I mean, there's so many guys in AEW that Christian could wrestle, but who knows? They'll probably end up doing like four or five matches with this. They'll hot potato the title around some more because that's just their hot potato title. Uh, maybe that's what they call it backstage. It's the hot potato title. Um, yeah, I think Christian's winning the match here. I think that Luchasaurus helps him win. They beat up on Wardlow. Maybe Wardlow gets some gets off TV for a couple weeks and then comes back pissed off, and him and Christian have a rematch or something like that at some point where I could see them putting the title back on Wardlow. But, yeah, I mean, Wardlow's one of those guys where, oh, man, like he probably would be better at Impact Wrestling or maybe even the WWE as opposed to being AEW where Tony Khan has no idea how to book anyone that's above 6'2". Yeah, Christian Cage has been like a low-key good signing for them. I mean, it was hyped up badly by them as it being some megastar. And, you know, I like Christian, but he's not a megastar. But he's been a low-key good good guy for them. Uh, and, you know, if it's one thing I can trust him to do, I mean, I would trust him to do a lot of things in a wrestling ring. But he's been in enough ladder matches where I think he can plan out a ladder match and have a good one, even with somebody like Wardlow. So I think that's going to uh, help him as in this match. As far as that goes, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's just were those just another example of having like the moment with a guy, like you know, getting the MJF thing, and then not knowing what to do afterwards because they didn't want to push him towards the main title. And if I remember correctly, when they did the interim title thing, he wasn't even involved in the interim title stuff because he said he wanted to beat the real champion. And then here we are, and there was a real champion now, and he never got a shot. So I just never really understood that. Uh, you know, it also didn't help that he tried to do the Goldberg entrance with him, with him walking around backstage and walking into the uh, walking out with the whole camera following thing. Like, no, that worked. One that worked for Goldberg during WCW time. Trying to repeat it just wasn't going to be a good idea, no matter how hard you try to do it. But I'm going to make it a trifecta here. I'm going to go ahead and have Christian be the one to beat Wardlow and hold on and win the TNT title. And who knows? Maybe Christian has a long ring with it. Uh, maybe they let him keep it on it for a couple months and actually maybe build up some heel heat. Maybe uh, Jungle Boy can go back down and feud with Christian over this title after he doesn't win the world title. Sorry to split one of my picks for later. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Christian on this one as well. Let's go to the AEW uh, women's title match where we have Jamie Hayter defending against Tony Storm. Now, I saw a possible uh, Rampage spoiler that it looked like it was a possibility that Hayter may be legit injured and they wrote her off with an injury angle on Rampage. Who knows? So this match may not be happening. Who knows? But, I mean, this whole outcast against AEW Originals thing is just going on way, way, way too long, especially after we saw Dr. Britt Baker go through and beat all of them pretty much single-handedly a few weeks ago on Dynamite. So I don't know what the end game for this is here, but um, I'll go to you, Cam, first. Who are you going with on this one? I mean, if Jamie Hader wasn't hurt, I would assume that she's going to win the match here. I mean, is she too hurt to work the show? Um, do they do some sort of like beat beat down angle in the back before the match and they have a no match and they have end up having some turn tournament. I mean, I've talked about it earlier. Um, if they do some sort of angle where they do that and Jamie Hader is unable to compete 
and they have a little tournament. This is sets up perfectly for Jade Cargill to kind of step up to the plate and become the next AEW Women's World Champion, right? Um, but who knows? It's it's Tony Khan. It's AEW. Somehow, some way. I mean, oh, shit. I'm gonna say it's a no contest, and it ends up being a tournament. I'm gonna pick no winner, and I don't trust Tony Khan to do anything. And Britt Baker will probably be the champion in two weeks. Yeah, when um, Tony Khan was asked about it at the press conference today, he wouldn't give a clear answer about wrestling on the pay-per-view, just saying that she wasn't cleared for a match recently. So, uh, yeah, I guess being a little vague there. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I got a feeling this match may just be end up getting eliminated from our prediction here, but, I mean, haters shouldn't have lost regardless, I don't think, because I still think they're building to a hater-Britt Baker match at some point, maybe even at all-in, who knows. Um so I'll say if there is a match, I'll go ahead and say Jamie Hayter ends up retaining. Again, another thing that's been a good thing on Dynamite, except for the fact that she continues to get overshadowed by Britt Baker because of all the reasons we've talked about on this show for the last half an hour. Um, Chairman, who are you going to go with? Yeah, I uh, I don't know what to believe. The dirt sheets lie. I don't believe them. Jamie Hayter may be injured, but we don't know where or how or how long. I mean, they could easily do the match and it'd be a freaking two minute roll up job. I mean, they've done that before too, just to keep the rain. And of course, AEW isn't shy about using quote unquote interim champions. So they could scratch hater and Tony storm could fight X could be Britt Baker. Cause she's out on the card and they could do the interim championship again. And you know, cause AEW loves the interim championships, but for what we know right now, what's in front of us, I'm going to say that Jamie hater retains because every time I pick against her, she retains. So I'm going to pick her to win because I just don't see them giving it back to Tony Storm. I just don't see that narrative. I'd be shocked if they did. Unless she's so hurt, then this is their way of doing it. But I'm going to pick Hater. I feel like she's a backseat to everybody right now. It's kind of unfortunate because, like, you know, this is the big moment everyone wanted for her to be the champion. And whether it's bad booking because she's been pretty much backseat to Britt Baker and the Outcast, and that sucks. But is what it is. All right, let's go over to the Anarchy in the Arena match. We've got the Elite taking on the Blackpool Combat Club. <sighs> My problem with this match is that you have all these great workers here in one match, and we're doing an Anarchy in the Arena that I'm sure will have backstage segments and random things going on backstage. You know, Urban Meyer won't be there, but maybe... I don't know, Tony Khan can fly in Doug Peterson and get him, or they just signed the old Denver Broncos kicker, Brandon McManus. Maybe he can kick something into one of the Blackpool Combat Club guys. Who the hell knows? But I just hate that this match, this is the first match of this feud. I mean, Blood and Guts will probably be the last match, but given how they do the order of matches sometimes in AEW. I don't know if that's the case. My, my one, like I said, I, I'm sure it'll be a fun brawl. You know, Moxley's involved, so it's guaranteed to be a fun brawl, I would think. But you just got all these wrestlers in here. I would just rather see, like, you know, give me a Moxley Omega singles match. Give me Hangman versus Moxley or Hangman versus Cesaro. I don't know. But I just hate that this match is, A, the first match on the show, or first match in this feud, and uh, B, like I said, the fact that we have these great workers in here and it's just not ending up happening with them as far as a real match and we got to watch this brawl. Um, as far as the winner goes... Oh, also, uh, Hangman and his stupid eye patch. I don't need to see that. Like, Moxley did it before. I don't know why eye patches are a thing in wrestling. It's just, I, I'm over that. Um, as far as the winners go, I don't think this is your classic thing where if the heels lose, it makes no sense for them to go back after the faces again. Just because given, I think, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club are a different set of heels than your normal heel. Like, they would still want to fight if they lost. Um... So I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take the Blackpool Combat Club to win this match. Uh, like I said, I'm sure this is going to go out through the whole summer. Maybe you get blood and guts at all in. Um, I'm assuming Kenny's probably got a singles match at Forbidden Door, so there's some break there for him. But this feud ain't going to die. It's going to keep going. And I, But I think the Blackpool Combat Club takes the first match here in this program, so I will pick them to win. Um, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, I mean, every time I see Hangman's stupid eye patch, I'm just like, do you want to be Rocky Romero now? Like, what's going on here, man? 
Yeah, I mean, this is this should be a good match, though. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers in this match that, you know, I like. And the Blackpool Combat Club, you know, Wheeler Yuta's kind of a weird, weird addition to that faction. I'm still trying to figure that one out. He's like the young gun or young lion or whatever you want to call it for him. Because obviously Danielson and Claudio and Moxley are badasses. But then the Bucks just annoyed me. Like last night they were in the main event, you know, and Matt and Nick, and their stupid, cheesy looking smiles and their skinny Drew McIntyre looking beards. Like, just give it up, guys. Kenny was nowhere to be seen. He's probably testing the new video game before it comes out so it doesn't glitch up or something. I don't know. He's probably playing uh, Xavier Woods some cross combat thing. I don't know, but yeah, this match is weird. Like it's just crazy to me. Like you got all these big name wrestlers. None of them are involved in like any titles really at all. I mean, I guess Claudia's got the ring of honor title, but I mean, that's another show another time, but I, I'm going to say the elite win. Like, I feel like, Hey man's back. So they almost need to win. Like they need something big. And then maybe Wheeler can be the scapegoat, and then the Blackpool Combat Club can realize he's garbage and kick him to this curb and then bring a new member in. That would be the best-case scenario there. So I'm just going to say that because I feel like the Elite lose. Like, then what? I mean, Claudio and them guys, they lose, whatever. Moxley just talks shit and bleeds some more. But, yeah, we should probably get over-under on Moxley bleeding, huh? Yeah, I will say three and a half minutes is the over-under for that. I think I just want to throw it out there. Um, Cam, who are you going with? Oh, man. Um, if this is a more than a one-off, I could see it definitely being, like, stretched out a little bit. Um, I could see Blackpool Combat Club winning here. I kind of want them to win because, said, the Bucks came out. They hit under the ring because that's, like, their super cool specialty is to fucking sit under a ring for two hours. Um, they come out with the worst super kicks ever. I mean, that match, that match last night was was not very good that tag match like the timing was off on it it felt kind of weird like watching it and kind of cesaro kind of <laughs> got left there hanging for a second he's like kind of bent over waiting for phoenix to come and hit the the, the hurricane rana rana on him or excuse me like the canadian destroyer on him and it just i don't know the, the match itself just felt really weird and then like the bucks like jumped over the rail and they kind of stood there like what three three steps up and I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I thought it was so dumb. Moxley kind of came down to kind of save it and, you know, you know, say we're going to make you bleed and all this stuff, ah, man. Where was, yeah. Where was Kenny? Like, how come the, I don't know. Like why didn't Brent Danielson like go and try to get them? It was just really, really weird. And I didn't like it. The, the build to this has been okay. Um, Hangman kind of looks like a bitch for kind of rejoining the elite. If we're being completely honest, I mean, they kind of kicked him to the curb and he kind of came back. We all we we all thought that obviously it was going to be eight man tag of some sort, but we didn't. Ex- I didn't expect um, Hangman to be the to come back and join the elite. It kind of makes him look kind of lame, to be honest. Like, okay, I'll tuck my tail in between my legs and come back and help you guys because you guys need help. But where were you for all these years when I needed you guys? Type of thing. So it kind of does make him look kind of like a bitch. Um, but if it's a more than one-off, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I feel like the Elite do need the win, but I also feel like Blackpool Combat Club kind of need the win, uh, especially since they kind of look like goobers last night on Dynamite. Uh, um, so I'm going to go with Blackpool Combat Club here. I think the match gets extended, or the feud gets extended. Uh, like you said, Justin, Kenny probably gets some sort of one-on-one match with somebody at Forbidden Door. Um, I mean, him and Danielson, again, would be fine by me. I don't really can't think of anyone right now off the top of my head that's like, okay, Kenny needs to wrestle this guy. Um, but at some point, I mean, I mean, I've mentioned it before, like Kenny Omega is like, you know, was the best wrestler in the world. He did all this stuff in new Japan and his, his AEW run has not been good. I mean, he had the world title stuff where the hell's Don Callis been ever since he kind of turned his back on him. Like this has whole been very, very like funny. And if Don Callis comes back and helps Blackpool combat club win the match on Sunday. Okay, fine. Then at least he's come back but he hasn't really done nothing since, you know, turning his back on Kenny. I don't know. It's been, the booking hasn't been very good for this feud. Um, and the best thing about it really has been Danielson on commentary, kind of just hyping up everyone in the Blackpool combat club, still even mentioning Regal last night on, on TV, even though Regal's not even with the company anymore. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Blackpool combat club. They probably will do blood and guts at all in, in London. Um, they'll have like a, they'll have like a tea and crumpet street fright or something like that. Loser has to eat fish and chips. Who freaking knows? Um, I don't know. It, it hasn't been good. I, I assume that Mox is going to make everyone bleed, uh, fucking 
uh, Nick Jackson dyed his hair, so now him and Matt look almost identical, and I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. It just hasn't been good, and I just wish one day Kenny Omega just beats the crap out of those guys and goes heel and goes back to the Kenny Omega that we love, but it'll probably never happen because they're all like boyfriends and girlfriends with each other, and heaven forbid they ever fucking wrestle CM Punk. All right, let's go to the unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, as mentioned already on the show, with the addition of, of all fucking people, Sabu, to watch Adam Cole's back uh, this Sunday. I don't get that. I mean, like you said, I think maybe Sabu and Chris Jericho wrestled when, EC, when he was in ECW in 1995 or 96, but... I mean, if you want somebody with from ECW and somebody with history with Jericho, you already have a former ECW champion on the roster in the Big Show, and you've already got uh, coming. You got an ECW champion coming back and CM Punk. Uh, so you know, there's options there to go for. But for some reason, they wheel out Sabu, who hasn't been. I mean, big name, revolutionized wrestling during his time in ECW, but hasn't been relevant in. 15 20 25 years so who the hell knows um i will go to you first chairman on this one who you picking here well according to pro fight db sabu defeated chris jericho august 2nd and 96 at a ecw plymouth meeting show oh man i'm sure tony was at that show that's why he called him yeah yeah that's the most random like person to show up like i'm just like Sabu, really? It's just funny because I'm watching like the old ECW reboot from like 2006, seven, and it's like, oh, Sabu's hanging around, and yeah, like I don't even know what to make of this. Like, the feud was fine, you know, and the Sabu thing is just stupid. Like, it it wasn't needed, honestly. Like, Chris Jericho's heel work is phenomenal, one of the top notch of all time. Like, he just made you mad, just the way he was berating Adam Cole. And showing the videos of Britt getting beat up and Adam Cole's handcuffed and pretty much just demoralized him. And Jericho, he's a heat drawer. Like, I was, I was feeling bad for Adam Cole. I was like, wow, this dude's an asshole. I mean, we all know Jericho can get the, you know, emotions out of you, though. That's just how he is. He's great. That's why he's been in the business for 30-plus years. And Adam Cole's a baby face is interesting. It's a spin we usually don't see. We've seen it. But, obviously, we know Adam Cole more as a heel. You know, he's just a fantastic work as a heel. So, this is a good to get him over as a baby face. I think Jericho is the perfect component to make that happen. And it'd be really interesting to see where this ends up. I think Jericho is going to win. He's got the strength in numbers. He's, you know, the veteran, the crafty that he is. And of course they'll extend this program probably for the summer. Cause that's how Chris Jericho field usually works. So that is the route I'm going. All right. Who are you going with Cam? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, it's funny to me that uh, Tony Khan like famously said Hulk Hogan is never allowed in an AEW show, even though if he advertised Hulk Hogan, it would probably be the biggest rating draw in fucking AEW history. But he lets a mid-card ECW star who, you know, calls people the N-word on Twitter and openly posts him using cocaine on Instagram uh, he invites him to the show, and I'm like, "You're such hey, a hey." It was probably hip- Tony's cocaine. I mean, it probably was. He was. Probably, that's probably what the, he got paid in too. So he was like, <laughs> "I'll take a six pack of Miller Lite and a gram of your finest Jacksonville Chiba." You know, <laughs> um, that was probably the deal he made. Tony was like, "Yeah, I can make that happen." They were probably doing lines backstage, and Tony, who you know notoriously owned every single like wrestling tape in the mid 90s early 2000s because again his dad was like super rich so he got flown around the fucking country to go watch these shows he probably was at that ecw show and he remembers specifically jericho versus sabu and then um who was it excalibur on commentary that said jericho and sabu who have history together like they wrestled one fucking time 20 20 years ago like okay we totally buy this um it's just funny i mean does 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 everyone hate Bobby Fish that much? Where Bobby Fish can't just come in to help out his buddy real quick? I mean, there's just, it's just, it's just funny. There's, they could have, you could have put Britt Baker in there to like watch your watch, um, Adam Cole's back. It would have been relevant to the story at least. But no, let's bring in Sabu. Uh, I mean, I won't be surprised if next next week we see a tweet that says Sabu is all elite and he's wrestling on fucking Rampage or Collision, and that's CM Punk's. 
first opponent at Collision is, is CM Punk versus Sabu. You know, former ECW world champions combined, colliding. I don't know if Sabu was ever the ECW champion, but uh, super random. I mean, I don't... Adam Cole had a great run in NXT. Adam Cole is a good heel. But, like, this tough guy attitude is fucking hilarious. Like, he, he's not a tough guy, so to speak, right? He's He needs his buddies to back him up. He can be a heel, but just because you're a heel doesn't mean... Um, you could be a tough guy. So his babyface gimmick is tough guy. I'm going to beat you up, Chris Jericho. Uh, my buddy Roderick Strong is over here, and he'll be wrestling on YouTube in no time, too. Um, God, this is going to get extended like every Jericho feud, right? This is just going to bleed until 2024. Um, I think Jericho wins the first match. I mean, I could see Cole winning it, but I think Jericho wins it. Um, it's going to be a clusterfuck. It's just been kind of hilarious, to be honest. It's, Jericho's been actually been pretty good in this. Uh, him and Roger Strong's match was pretty good. I mean, you could see Jericho's ideas come through the screen from time to time when he's in these feuds. But, I mean, so the whole thing's funny. I mean, just seeing Sabu on television was just so funny. Um, he's not going to do much. I mean, he probably ends up accidentally hitting Adam Cole. And I don't know, but I think Jericho wins this first match. This match, then this feud continues forever because Tony Khan signs these really big names and then has no idea what to do with them. Yeah, I think we should also put odds on if Taboo's table spot actually works. I mean, he has a history sometimes of those not working, but I'm 100% with you on Adam Cole. I mean, like, he's just kind of not looked good in this. And he's like, like you said, he's a way better heel than he is a babyface. And, you know, I hate being one of those guys that say, you know, size matter, but he's a small guy and just him trying to come off as a tough guy just doesn't work. I think in the overall presentation, I mean, and you know, you're trying to pair him up with his real life girlfriend on TV. And that rarely, if ever works out for anybody in the history of wrestling, especially when you're trying to tie it into your, whatever the name of that show is all access, which is doing like an abomination, I think, in the ratings and nobody's watching it after dynamite. So it's just a bad mix of things for Adam Cole overall. And it's not a great, you know, it should have been like a you could have done the babyface comeback with him for being, you know, for how serious his concussion injuries were and how close he could have come to possibly having to retire. But this just hasn't been the route they're trying to go with, you know, pair him up with his girlfriend and make him sympathetic. You know, you can make him sympathetic at the same time, while also making him a good wrestler. And I think the whole thing with Britt Baker is making it worse. Uh, as far as the match goes, I'm with you guys, too. I'm going to pick Chris Jericho to win here. Like you said, things continue. I wouldn't even be surprised to see if Seb Sabu turns on Adam Cole during this match and we get some kind of Sabu Adam Cole match, which I'm sure would just be great for somebody like Cole who's dealing with coming back from a bad concussion. So I'll pick uh, Jericho to win here. And that leads us into our main event, the four pillars match for the AEW world title, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Darby Allen. Um, my opinion, maybe the worst booked world title feud in AEW pay-per-view history, but uh, Cam, you're up first here. Who are you going with? Oh, I mean, I kind of low-key wish that Sabu and Tony Khan uh, shared some of that cocaine with Sammy and, and Jungle Boy like for their shitty pre-taped interviews that we watched last night. Oh, man, I, I, I've, I've kind of crapped all over Jung, Jack Perry here for the last like couple of podcasts we've done when we've talked about AEW, but God, man, that guy just sucks ass. His dad is rolling over in his grave like, bro, I wish you would have took some more acting classes. It's not good. Sammy Guevara has peaked. We've seen the best of Sammy in AEW, maybe in his whole career. He's peaked. I mean, to me, this should have just been Darby versus MJF, like the four pillars. I get it. Darby had a really good... I think he was on a podcast or he did an interview. I think Molly had the presser saying, you know, like anyone that's willing to give their careers to AEW considered a pillar. I don't, you know, he doesn't want to be considered one of the four. He thinks a lot of other people deserve that. <sighs> Darby's, I mean, outside of MJF, obviously Darby's a, is a star, a star making Sammy has peaked. Jack Perry sucks ass. Um, I mean, I don't know. This has been the worst booked title uh, title match in AEW history um it's just a way to get these four guys together and tony probably had this idea for a while and let's do a four pillars match let's do these guys let's get them all a shot when we all know that there's no chance in hell that mjf is dropping the title especially right now especially to any of those guys um 
Darby at some point will go back and he, you know, Darby, you know, we've talked about before. Darby has a good gimmick. Darby kind of, you know, the fans like him. Sammy, I don't think anybody likes him. Jack Perry, I mean, if someone likes him, they kind of just feel bad for him. Um, I don't know. I, just, I don't think it's going to be good. I mean, in a perfect world, you have MJF win the match and someone come out to end the show. You need a twist and turn, but if it just ends with MJF cheating to win or whatever happens and the show just ends, it'll be a lackluster double or nothing. Probably the worst double or nothing out of the first three or four they've had now. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be good. MJF still can't wrestle. Love the guy promo work. Love the character. Guy can't fucking wrestle his way out of a paper bag. Um, but he's going to win the match. This is probably the biggest lock in AEW's history. And, I mean, if Tony Khan had any balls, he'd have CM Punk end the show kind of just staring at MJF and say, I'll see you at Collision. But, you know, we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm taking MJF here, too. I mean, like you said, Stone Cold, Lock. I mean, I like Darby Allen. Like you said, I don't need to hear Darby Allen cutting a promo on his backstory like he did. I mean, that one week where I was just like, I think it started the show as him, Sammy, and uh, Jack Perry, and they just were out there for 15, 20 minutes just rambling on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, what is the point of this segment? This is bad. Like, I don't need to hear Darby Allen talking about Darby Allen's whole character is that he's a mysterious character who just goes and does crazy shit and jumps off shit and, you know, does stuff with jackass guys. That's what he does. Not not living, not doing long rambling. You can cut a promo, but not something as long as he did that night. Like you said with Jack Perry, it's like we had high hopes for him at one point, but yeah, I mean this run that he's getting up here to the top just is not working at all for me. Um, like you said, yeah, it'd just be weird. It'd be weird ending with and maybe they am. I don't think they would end with anarchy in the arena, but maybe they try to do that just because MJF winning without anything else afterwards may be a weird way to end it. But if it's your main event, yeah, something I think would have to happen afterwards. Um, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, like I said before, MJF, you know, it's pretty much a way to extend his reign of terror. I mean, maybe Wardlow's next. Like I said before, he drops a TNT title, and we can revisit that feud, you know. And, you know, it's like this Four Pillars idea was it's a good idea, and it's fine to extend the, set, the reign of MJF, of course, because – you know, you're giving Darby and Sammy and Jungle Boy a, a big spot on the card, you know, a big match. And I think the match will be good. I mean, Jungle Boy, like, it, he can't build a freaking match. Like, I'm sorry, this guy. Like, I pretty much agree with you guys. Like, this guy just lost. He lost his dinosaur. He lost his smile. I mean, Darby, you know, I mean, we all know Darby's been fantastic. I mean, I kind of gravitated towards him once AEW started, like, you know, he had a unique look, he had a unique, a unique character, and, you know, he evolved that character since the start, you know. You know, Sting's in there to kind of mentor him, but, you know, he really didn't even need Sting, honestly. I felt like he still would have been fine by himself, you know, put some big matches, you know, just that daredevil lifestyle. And Sammy obviously has had his moments, too. And, you know, has he Pete? It's hard to say. I mean, he definitely has the athletic ability to be a main eventer, but, and he's, you know, he's got a good promo as well, but, you know, he's a little, he's a little small guy. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, you know, if it was Vince's world, they definitely wouldn't make it. But and it's just weird that he's completely, like, disassociated himself away from the Jericho Appreciation Society. You think now would be the time he would need him more now than ever. Like, it's almost like they didn't even touch on that whole Sammy and MJF and the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's almost like we're supposed to forget about that. Unless they did mention it, and I missed it because there's been so many promos of whateverness. But yeah, MJF's going to win. And I don't know what's next for these three. I really hope there's something big for Darby playing, though, because I really think he's a phenomenal talent. All right, and that is our show for this week, and we will be back next week to recap AEW Double or Nothing, recap WWE Night of Champions, and hell, who knows, NXT Battleground is also taking place on Sunday. Maybe something crazy will happen there. Who the hell knows? But we'll definitely be back to talk about it next week. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you then.